0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As Crazy Horse Girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. Oh, my God. So, you're wiped out, huh? I'm like a zombie
0: today. <laughs> well, you're going to have to pick it up because you, my friend, have a horse expo in two days. <laughs> Three days? Two days. Why do I do- shoot? <laughs> to myself (laughs) I think you're influenced by me (laughs) and I'm such a I'm such a good example because I only burn myself out and have like massive breakdowns um so you should definitely do as I do always and forever I I legit left so I woke up this morning I was like oh I had a great night's sleep blah
1: and then I start moving around and I go to my first client because you know of course I work The day after I get home, like there's no day off in between. And I got out of there and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I might actually need to take a nap. (laughs) Like at 10, 30 in the morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I frequently wake up like that. That's not normal. You don't wake up going, I'm going to need a nap. Did we do like a
1: freaky Friday situation when I slept in your house and we switched like personalities?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I do have boundless energy and I'm working 80 hours a day. (gasps) and I've ridden my horse twice in two days. Oh, it's official.
1: You're Heather today. This week,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) When I see you in Harrisburg, let's switch back, okay? Because
0: my body isn't used to this. Oh, no, I'm going to be wearing a giant burgundy or maroon hat. And uh, maybe fringe. I don't know. Maybe I'll go buy some chaps. Should we start staggering staggering purple? (laughs) Yeah. I was, you know, I actually, I saw a picture of a woman earlier today with a, purple hair that I don't usually like and I was like damn she looks freaking fantastic but don't expect it from me it's not gonna happen because I'm no, afraid they have, of chemicals I'm a big fan of
1: overtone it's like chemical free and it's a coloring conditioner
0: so oh, it yeah, you washes out
1: yeah I gotta find that it's great Did that's you... actually what I use because I don't use permanent dye
0: I cut my hair off yesterday holy shit you cut <laughs> your hair yeah I cut off like I don't know like a foot
1: there was a rumor going around. I thought I saw a Facebook post about this and I was like, no, Natalie would never do that. But since little... you're channeling me and you've got fringe. <laughs> I
0: have a little fringe. A long Stop. One. It looks great. so I can pull my hair over my face and look. Mysterious. Stop being so
1: pretty and like I'm framing so your mysterious.
0: face. Darius. <laughs> <laughs> do you like it? I love it actually. Excellent. Does it feel lighter? Yeah, it felt lighter as she was cutting it. I was like, oh, wow, I feel a difference. I just, she said, how long has it been? I was like, I don't want to tell you. Four years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did she cringe and and cry or was she like victorious? Did she hold it up and be like, ha ha? She didn't. I actually forgot to look and see what was on the ground, which is disappointing because it was probably pretty terrifying. But wow. uh she, yeah, she gave me a little bit. She's like, why do people do that? And I'm like, your the j- hair is your job. So naturally, you're going to think about your hair. But my job, hair never comes into it until I realize I'm going to meet a lot of people. And then I think, you know, I should probably look semi put together. Now I, I know that somebody body snatched you. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't, you know, if I had taken you to my closet and you had seen all my professional attire, you would have been like, what? You didn't know corporate, Natalie, but she was real. She was powerful and miserable. She was miserable, but (laughs) (laughs) miserably powerful, miserably powerful. That's a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what
0: my husband is right now. Yeah. So
1: I see it in action. (laughs) And also why I don't work a nine to five job anymore.
0: Yeah. Nine to five. 7 to 6 whatever it actually is.
1: Yeah, now I work more hours, but at least they're my hours that I make myself, you know. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I don't. Actually, I I tried to wean myself off of working 40 hours cuz I was like 40 hours is a construct, right? It's, you know, it was it was a compromise between working 100 hours and working no hours and starving to death was the unions were like 40 hours. And I said I don't have to work 40 hours. I should work less so sometimes I do and sometimes I don't but I tend to work basically from 10 to 4 and then I go out and do farm stuff which is why nothing gets done and uh I'm way behind on all my projects but yeah but you're happy yeah it keeps me a little calmer and a little healthier (laughs) now
1: I have a question for you because I got to meet Manny and Mm -hmm. and little Ben now did Ben feel any different for you when you wrote him I think he did First yeah. sessions are hard because it's like you're kind of starting to take away some like built-in tension for a while. But I was just wondering if you felt anything after I worked on him.
0: Well, the one thing I, I definitely noticed is he's quieter and I was grooming him. I spent more time on him and I was grooming him first off. And he would get very drowsy. So that was nice. Uh, and um, I added in the belly lifts and the tail stretching and sort of like the like zhuzhing along the spine and I also curry combed him like a lot deeper like deep tissue massage and nice into that so i spent a lot more time on him and then um i had only absorbed a fraction of what you were telling me about moving his shoulders under satellite because i think because sarah was was talking to me also and
1: yeah like, there's a lot
0: going on um, was we were talking about it at the book signing event at WAC, so there was a lot going on. Um, but I just kept going back to opening rain, moving the shoulders in between everything we did, and he was he was definitely stretchier, awesome like, for sure stretchier. So yeah, I think it seems pretty good. I'm so glad to hear
1: that. Yeah, he gets kind of stuck. Right at the shoulder and then it affects everything going forward. So mm-hmm. um, I think those are great exercises for you to do.
0: Yeah, hopefully um, hopefully he stays feeling pretty good and uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate all of that body work goodness and juju because uh, I certainly don't know how to do it and I really should learn. But you are an expert master queen of body. <laughs> uh, yeah, my husband wishes. Uh,
1: <laughs> only for horses. No, what I thought it was funny when you were like, what is this witchcraft?
0: <laughs> Well, well, you were pressing in one place and his muscles were like doing their own thing in another place. And it did kind of look like a bubbling potion. <laughs> <laughs> that was deeply unexpected.
1: <laughs> I often like to do the unexpected, right? Um, no, it's cool. I love, I love my job. So I always do that. Like anytime I meet someone's horse, I kind of feel like it's a way to give back.
0: Yeah, a little bit, especially because you
1: let me sleep in your son's room. I need
0: uh, you to give me so much stuff back. I don't get enough from you.
1: It's a very unequal partnership is what you're saying.
0: Really is. I do everything and (laughs) carry the weight of both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Um, Oh, you're an easy house guest. Please. I am. I'm pretty self-sufficient. You really are. (laughs) And you didn't mind that I slept till 930. So that was nice.
1: (laughs) I also know you. So I was yeah. like if she gets up before 9, like she might be crabby, so it's just mm-hmm. better to let her sleep.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'm a pretty grouchy baby.
1: <laughs> well, I'm grouchy at night. So like once the sun goes down, I'm like a sundowner, right? I've got like sundowner syndrome. Once the sun mm-hmm. starts to go down, like my chances of having energy are severely depleted and I just get crankier and crankier. So <laughs> um I can completely understand that about you that you're not a morning person
0: well you know i started working nights when i was like 16 and just sort of continued unless i was working on a farm or sometimes when i was doing both i was generally working until midnight and then when i started working at disney i was working until three or four o'clock in the morning like all summer long and during the holidays so that's just you know that's ingrained in me at this point wow that makes me more tired just
1: thinking about it. I slept like nine hours last night, and I could literally go down for a three-hour nap right now. There's nothing better than that first night in your own bed. Yeah, it was really nice. Everybody did miss me. I walked into chaos, though, as per <laughs> usual. Right. I mean, they were like, how's your vacation? Just kidding. We're going to throw you in the deep end. Oh, my God. Um, so my three days away was was quite glorious, and I
0: missed it immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you're already plotting another like,
1: oh, wait, you are. I wait, I am because I'm already going away again. Very soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I kind of can't believe it either, like that we have a whole nother weekend of people and horse horses and books and and each other. Yes. And each other. You get me two weekends in a row. Aren't you lucky? I feel really excited about this. I feel like I'm going to get super used to your presence and then I'm going to be ripped away and sad. So we'll have to plan something.
1: We might together. have to. Well, I and you know we what do. we should plan is um, this this coming weekend is our anniversary of when we came up with the podcast.
0: Yes, it's our podcast idea anniversary. <laughs> oh, I I remember it so clearly. Driving along, and we're both just like you're like. So I was thinking about starting a podcast, and I was like, wait. I have wanted to do a podcast for so long. Can we please do this together? And it was fate. Yes. I didn't want to do it by
1: myself at all. It's way more fun to do it with somebody else, especially someone who's had as many jobs as you have. Uh (laughs) 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 But I think that was the fruit wine talking too. The fruit wine was like, yes, you should do this and you should do it in a very silly way. Oh, yeah.
0: We came up with some really crazy stuff that weekend. Uh, Some um, very you know, non-horse-related, just general insanity <laughs> before we settled on this idea. Good thing we uh, we edited down. Yes.
1: <laughs> it is good. And, and it's funny, every time I see Glenn Hebert um, from Horses in the Morning, uh, who's, you know, a friend of ours, he's always pulls me to the side and gives me these great nuggets of wisdom. And I feel like, like he's imparting some kind of glorious knowledge upon us um that we must take very, very seriously. So we'll have to talk about that because he had some really great ideas. Uh awesome. for us. Onward yeah. and upward. You know, I
0: love podcasts. Like I'm obsessed with podcasts. I listen well, to podcasts. I'm obsessed so with many. talking. So yeah. <laughs> I like um like I was I was telling I was telling Glenn uh, in O'Cala was I started listening to like the hot talk radio format when I was a teenager and it's not something that was in every market but there was a very strong talk station in Orlando and I started listening to it actually it would be right around now like this time of year when I was 16 because there was a tornado outbreak in Central Florida and it actually was the worst tornado outbreak Central Florida's ever had like massive tornadoes and of course it was overnight and in the morning I wanted to know what was going on and I and I turned on this radio station where people were talking about it and I got hooked on talk radio like completely hooked and I'm not talking like political weird blowhard talk radio but just groups of people who were good together and funny (laughs) taking calls and doing bits you know and uh so yeah, so we're not we're not taking calls and doing bits yet, but I can see it. I can see it coming. That might be that might be in our future. I think uh, what really
1: stuck out to me was that you think I'm funny. You're always telling me I'm funny, and I'm like it's like the biggest joke of all time. No, you've got a really nice dry humor. I've got a very obvious kind of dirty humor, but yours is much drier. So <laughs> I enjoy it immensely. It's very sarcastic.
0: Yeah, I guess the problem with that kind of humor is you can't really control it. It just does what it wants. Like, I don't really know when it's coming. We don't really plan it. I just so say that's what's on my mind. Amazing.
1: <laughs> I, but I like that because we're not scripted. Like, we, we come in, we're like, oh, maybe we should talk about this theme today. And that's about it. There's no, oh, I put together some ideas. There's no, oh, I want to talk about these points. It's like, let's just go and see
0: what happens. Yeah. I did not ask for more work when I signed up. Right. To
1: a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we're too busy. That's ridiculous. Prep? Well,
0: and are you kidding me? Show prep? Get out
1: of here. What is I this? Never... I could barely do the show notes. <laughs>
0: I think about, oh, show notes gross. I think about <laughs> it kind of vaguely while I'm riding or mucking out. I'm like, Doo, do, do, do. Got to talk to Heather tomorrow. Do, do, do. Forget what we're talking about. And then I think about something else.
1: Well, so this one, I actually thought was really interesting. So when I told you the idea, it came actually from the HRN auditors group. And if you're listening to us, we are on the Horse Radio Network. Um, and so we're part of the auditors group. And this one woman had mentioned that she really had some concerns with her boarding situation. And so was there any podcast episodes on things to look for when you're looking for a boarding barn? So I thought this was the perfect thing to talk about because I'd been through a similar situation. I call it my Goldilocks situation because I was at a big barn and then I was at someone's backyard barn and then I was at a small hunter-jumper facility. So I've moved around, you know, one was too big, one was too small, one was just right. Um, And I actually did a little bit of a post about this on the Timid Rider like years and years and years ago. So I thought it might be fun to kind of you know, talk about it in a refreshed way.
0: Yeah. Boarding is, you know, boarding's tough and it's not for me, but I know why it is for some people. And it's not always just a time concern. Sometimes it's about goals. Um, you know, sometimes it's about reaching, uh, certain levels, things like that. And you really need to be like a competitive barn with the right trainer to do it. Uh, and then sometimes it's about, you know, living in a congested place or, not having the ability to get out to the countryside to have your own property. And some people just don't want to take care of their own horse every day, which like. Yeah, or they travel a lot. Like, yeah, I love to travel.
1: And at this time of my life, I also live in a very congested area. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of that. Um, But in some ways, I think I really enjoy the social aspect. You know, I like to go to the barn when it's quieter um, but there's something to be said about sometimes when I'm feeling social, going and hanging out and seeing the barn rats and watching other people's lessons and kind of, you know, watching some of the people who ride a lot more confidently than I do. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it can be really nice to do the boarding barn. Um, as long as it's the right fit, because there can be some really toxic situations out there.
0: Absolutely. I've been in many of them. Um- <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I bet you know and if a place gives you a bad feeling in the pit of your stomach when you pull up you know like you don't know what you're going to find when you go into the barn or you're not sure where your horse is going to be or if your stuff has been left alone or if your arch nemesis is already there plotting against you then it is time to look for a new position a new facility though you shouldn't feel kind of sick when you go to the barn and it probably shouldn't get to that point, but that was always when I kind of knew it was time for me to go, wasn't I, I genuinely felt kind of sick to my stomach when I was pulling in. Disaster. Yeah, <laughs> or like it
1: made you not want to go to the barn because someone might be there that you didn't yep. want to see. That mm-hmm. did happen to me in one of my situations, um, and I found that the person who owned the barn and I, we just didn't gel as human beings. Like We just didn't hit it off, and then I started feeling like targeted. And I yeah. started to feel judged and I was like, you know what? I don't need this. This is supposed to be my fun time. So yeah. I asked.
0: Yeah, it's gotta be your fun time. And sometimes I really see people posting like they're not sure how to leave their barn. And the answer is you just you just have to say, hey, this is not working out for either of us. And I have located a new barn. And what is your move out policy? Because some barns, you know, you signed a 30-day notice thing and some just want you to get the hell out. And you might as well just find out straight from the manager, whoever's in charge, like what's your move up policy? We're not getting, you know, what we need, either of us from this relationship. And you just got to go, you know?
1: Yeah. And I found, because I've left a couple barns and I found that I always think I live relatively on good terms because you kind of, if you're blunt about it and just say, hey, I'm leaving. They they have people leave all the time. They have new people right. coming in. As long as you give them notice. Um, But it can be tricky because you always want to find where you're going first before you commit to leaving the other barn in case they do decide to boot you. True. Yeah, you need to have a stall set up, ready to go. Ready to go. So I thought maybe we'd talk about some things to look for um, because we are going to do a separate bonus episode on, you know, red flags. Uh, So for me, size matters. all right and don't take it all out on the table don't take it to a dirty place Uh,
0: (laughs) there's no other place to take it
1: (laughs) I did kind of lead you down that road Uh, for me when I started out and I bought Ferris we were at a big equestrian facility they had like over 90 horses I was taking lessons there I had been a working student there and I thought this is going to be a great fit but as a horse owner it can be very different than being a lesson student so I found that I never had any time in the ring to myself or I was having to dodge lesson students all the time who, you know, were still working on steering and things like that. And um, I decided, like, I didn't want to feel pressure to, to show, which a lot of the bigger boarding facilities really like to focus on. Again, something different for everybody. But so for me, it ended up feeling like maybe it wasn't the right fit for us Ultimately, though, that's not why I left. But for me, I I really like kind of a smaller, more I don't know, comfortable feel, right? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. like it's hard to explain. Like when you're looking at colleges, right? Like I could yeah. have I could have looked at a really big school, really small school, or something in the middle. And so that's kind of what I like. I like something in the middle.
0: Yeah, I you know I struggled to think of what I would like at this point because I. In my past, I've been really competitive and I've been at the big barn. And uh, I've been really, really non-competitive and been in somebody's backyard. And I think the middle barn that you're talking about is probably what most of us want. And it might be the hardest thing to find, you know, because they don't have the volume that makes it uh, financially feasible. (laughs) Whereas uh, a backyard barn is going to come with, you have to have perfect chemistry with the barn owner. Because you're on their property. Yeah, it's a In lot their... more intimate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, It's a lot more intimate. Uh, when I went to a backyard barn, I actually, one of the women there would come and sit and watch me ride. <laughs> um, we weren't friends. She just wanted to sit and watch me and and offer criticism. And that felt a little
0: too close.
1: Like a little overstepping of the boundary. So
0: I knew pretty quickly that wasn't for me. Now, I had a perfect backyard barn situation for a while, which was uh, the place where Ben, where I met Ben uh, and ben's Ben's mom, as we called her until I became Ben's mom, um, we just we hit it off instantaneously. Like we like to ride together. We like to take pictures of each other with our horses. It was like perfect horse girl relationship. and uh, but she had lots of toxic borders go in and out of the place while I was just the constant who sat there and gave her advice whenever one of them would go nuts again. So (laughs) (laughs) that was just pure chemistry. It wasn't um, a perfect boarding situation like in terms of horse facilities. You know, there was no arena. We kind of cobbled together jumps and there wasn't any grazing. But from a person-to-person relationship and for the horse's health, they were taken care of. It worked out really well. So I think that you should plan for compromises and you have to decide what you're going to compromise on. To me, having a good relationship with um, whoever's in charge, the manager, the owner, and not compromising on how the horses are fed and looked after Those are the two things that everything else I can kind of like the arena might suck or maybe the location's not great or, you know, it's really light on amenities. But if I know the horses are always going to be fed and watered and I trust the manager and get along with them, then I'll probably place that barn pretty high on my list. I I think
1: that's great because honestly, for me, the people that run the barn or are there, you know, that kind of are drawn to that barn – is the most important aspect for me as a very sensitive human being, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a bit of a timid rider. I do things a little differently with my horses than, you know, the typical that a lot of people do. Um, and if I don't get along with the people there, it really ruins everything for me. And I, I like to think I'm pretty easy to get along with. But, yeah, sometimes you just don't jive with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you find I, – I, I joke around, but I'm not joking because my trainer, who has been my trainer for a long time, even after switching barns, uh, she ended up leasing this barn that I love. And I told her, I said, you're never getting rid of me until I have my own property. And it's because I love her. I know mm-hmm. her level of care is spectacular. Um, we get along
0: well, really, really well. And everything else kind of gets figured out. Have you ever skipped – on amenities that you really, really wanted because you liked the barn you were at more oh, than absolutely. fine. Mm-hmm. So my barn now, um,
1: it doesn't have any trail access. And trail riding is my favorite, but I'm very nervous trailering. Right. Um, and I was at a barn that had, you would walk across the street and be in 300 acres of trails that were horse friendly. But I only lasted six months there because I didn't get along with the people
0: right and their paddocks were terrible oh what about so what do you consider a terrible paddock I'm kind of interested in that because I'm used to in Florida we tend to have either a huge pasture with too many horses in it (laughs) or we have small sandy paddocks with no grazing which of those would you choose either
1: this was none of those (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I don't mind a slightly hilly paddock because I think it's really good for your horse's muscles and ligaments. I don't even mind a lot of trees. Or uh, what happened was there was a lot of oh, let's how do we say this? The paddocks were oddly spaced out. They were constantly switching horses in between paddocks, and so the herd dynamics were constantly mm. changing. Yeah, and it was more rock. Than grass or dirt, rock. um It was rocky. It was really, oh. really, really rocky. So you, there was a lot of stone bruises and things like that. And then there also were things like, I don't know, pieces of machinery just randomly hanging out.
0: <laughs> oh no, redneck machinery! I'm not putting stuff away. A little away. bit. I'm not putting stuff away. Disease. Home. That, that you know, that's something that I, I need cleanliness. You got to put your shit away. And that doesn't, that extends beyond the the tack room.
1: Wait, 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 wait. hold on. I think this is funny because you have a saddle and all your your barn stuff sitting in your kitchen.
0: Yeah, because I live, what, I'm going to leave it outside? It belongs, (laughs) I don't have a tack room. It goes in my kitchen. If you leave your saddle outside in the state of Florida, you are a masochist. You are destroying your leather. Humidity and bugs are going to eat it. Yes, that you're is right. wrong. You're right. Don't do it. Hey, I know you're listening to me. Don't do it. Take your saddle in your house and be kind to it. Yes. Both of my saddles are on a saddle rack in my kitchen. That is because I do not have a tack room. My kitchen becomes my tack room. It is put away where it belongs, <laughs> but it's organized. My, my brush bag is in my kitchen too for a very good reason. Do you know what that reason is? So there's no snakes in it. Yes, and spiders. I don't want to open my bag and have a treat waiting for me inside, I just want my brushes. And I didn't even show you the kitchen cabinet that is all horse stuff. Oh, that's amazing. One of my kitchen cabinets is just horse stuff. It's like neatly folded, but it's all the stuff that I don't use regularly or my extra saddle trees because I bought a whole package of saddle trees. All that stuff, is folded up in a kitchen cabinet. But it's organized. <laughs> it's organized. But like even outside, like yeah, don't leave random machinery out there. Put it away. It has a place. And if it doesn't have a place, put it neatly to one side. Don't just leave your stuff around. You're not a child. So that that's a huge one for me. Red flag, big time. We would t- have a different episode of red flags. But like, put your stuff away, please, for God's sake. Sorry, I didn't mean to get on that tangent. Uh. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Well, and when we're talking about amenities, so like, you know,
1: I love the trail access. That's the only, that's in my opinion, the only thing that I wish I really had access to, but it's not worth being at a barn that I don't like.
0: And it's amazing. I completely agree with you. And it's amazing what amenities you can live without and and what you can cobble together sometimes with help from other people at your new and wonderful amenity-free barn. Who want this stuff? Do you know? I um I was a groom for uh, an upper level eventer, and we didn't have a covered wash stall. Our wash stall was out next to the barn, and so if it was storming, you couldn't even hose off your horse or. You did, and you pray to God you didn't get hit by lightning while you were doing it. <laughs> and it was hot. It was out in the sun. I was like, how do we not have a wash stall? You ride at all of the five-star events every year. We have five-star horses in this barn, and I'm schlepping everybody outside. <laughs> it made no sense. We had a cross-country course, but a no-covered wash rack. <laughs> that was their priorities, you know? I don't know what that was. We should have had a wash well, rack.
1: I think one of the things a lot of people look for, right? And I see this on everybody's search for a boarding facility is
0: a lot of people want an indoor arena. Yeah, I get it. I've grown up north. I, when I was a teenager, I moved to Maryland from Florida, and the first barn had an indoor arena, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened." But then as the winter went on, I realized that the ground was really hard and it was really dusty, and we were always crashing into each other. And I went to a barn that didn't have an indoor arena because it had um, collapsed in an ice storm the year before. And uh, we, I think, we did fine. I think we pretty much are all winter anyway. We were just wore more clothes.
1: <laughs> well, that's it. I, I, I did. I've been at, God, I guess most of the barns I've been at have been lucky enough to have indoor arenas. But when I moved to this barn that I'm at now, it just had an outdoor arena, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. And it's surrounded on two sides by woods so I ride all winter long and for me I find it really hot in the summer I just ride when it's shady so like when the trees are shading it but I like it because my horses don't get have you ever been in an indoor arena and like the ice slides off the roof and your horse like randomly freaks (laughs) it's because they don't expect anything natural to happen because they're inside and they get kind of habituated yeah. and then they go outside and it's like, oh my God, there's wind. Like mm-hmm. man up, you know, like you
0: live outside. Give me a break. <laughs> that's what I say to Ben when every I ride him in the same place where he lives and he's like, the leaves, they moved. I said, they move all day. You are out here already. Quit acting like you've never seen leaves before. So, I don't know. Probably wouldn't make any difference if I rode him in an indoor and I Look for something.
1: Well, that's like, it. Like, Sometimes...
0: Putts. I was
1: going to say, is he looking for an excuse to stop? Because Ferris yes. will do that. <laughs> he will. He'll, he will be like, oh, my God, there's a bird. I'm like, "You
0: what? You've never seen
1: a bird? Yeah. Meanwhile, again, you know, you live and you're in the paddock seven hours a day and you've never freaked out about a bird randomly flying over your head then. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, for me, I don't like I prefer to ride outside. So, yeah, it might be a little colder or the rain might kind of throw a wrench in the plans but if you dress appropriately and um you know you can be flexible with your writing time Mm -hmm. it hasn't really stopped me at all
0: yeah people did just fine without indoors for i don't know centuries now covered arenas have gotten very popular in florida but there's an easy way around a covered arena and that's to just leave some shade on your property people
1: (laughs) yeah trees are great
0: (laughs) oh my goodness I I love how shaded my property is. And I I expected that I would be living on a, you know, postage stamp of, of pasture. Like my last place, my old farm was built on an old cattle ranch. Like they had subdivided, you know, a thousand acres. And so I had five acres of this and it was just pasture and it was flat and it was hot. Lots of grass, but at what cost? (laughs) It was so hot. (laughs) So with this place, um, with all the trees, I, I chose I chose shade over really easy to keep grass because it makes such a difference. It really does. No, I
1: agree. And you're more likely to ride in it when you have shade. Like you're more likely yeah. to, especially with the trees, they help with that heat and humidity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's important to look at. Um, when it comes to a boarding facility, I think location matters. You know, you have to really think about your hours from work, how long it's going to take you to get to the barn, how often you're going to be able to get there. Because Delight used to be 45 minutes away, and I could only go out there once a week. But by the time I got there, I had barely any time to work with him because right. I had to go home. So, you know, moving him closer, I've been able to work with him more. But, um, you know, he doesn't have the five-acre field like he used to.
0: Right. Yeah. No matter what you do, there's going to be a compromise. So there with the commute, if you can't get there to work them, then all of the amenities in the world aren't going to help you out. You're just paying for your horse. Uh, At that point, I hope you're paying for your horse to be turned out because you're going to be bored otherwise. (laughs) Well, actually,
1: you said the magic word because I think we need to address like the elephant in the room and that's price. Did I say something about price?
0: Yeah, I guess maybe you I did. Said,
1: you said paying, <laughs> right? And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> my, you got to
0: keep money, up with my ADHD. You, I'm way you, ahead of you. You know that I have obviously an unlimited font of money um, because as an <laughs> author, <laughs> I've made four trillion, trillion. books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I make so much money every month from books because um, people just love buying way too many books. No, um, I, boarding to me in Florida – is sort of like that's the that's got to be the biggest um, barrier to horse ownership that I can see now because it costs about as much as a mortgage payment to keep your horse (laughs) it does and that's before amenities that's before an arena or um, a grass turnout or something that's just space to stick them in and someone to muck the stall hopefully well
1: and Recently, on one of our Facebook groups, there was a conversation about, oh, hey, how much do you think it would be, um, you know, to board in X zip code? And I guess they were trying to maybe, I don't know, price their own things. First of all, I think, yeah, you should look at the competition, but you also need to, uh, what a lot of horse owners don't do is look at the actual cost of living, right? Like, how much does feed cost? How much does hay cost? Like, barn owners need to do that. But... One of these barns, which I legit almost vomited, because <laughs> I know who this person is, and she was like, "Oh, it's two thousand a month. The horse is brought in for you, tacked up, put away. Um, all you need to do is ride, and it's you know, basically a small kidney um, and uh, you're you know a Disney vacation, a month." And I'm like, "What? Like, I'm sorry. For me, I I my husband does not want to pay." $2,000 a month on board. He just doesn't. And nor should he no. because it's a hobby for us. Yeah. Um, and yes, I have two horses. So I realize that is close to what I pay now at a smaller facility. But um, I work my ass off to pay for it. And again, you know, you got to stick with what's in budget because I see a lot of people pricing themselves out of it. And then not being able to maintain that and constantly having to move is Mm -hmm. not good for you or your horse.
0: You know, I think that before somebody indulges in a full, full service facility, like where you show up and ride, you pick up your horse, you ride your horse, you hand off your horse, you go home. I think that people should do some soul searching about what their purpose is with owning a horse, (laughs) number one, because horses are not just for riding. Uh, and this is probably not a popular opinion, but you're taking, you're spending a premium on resources that could be better utilized by other people. What I mean is, if this white glove barn has 30 horses who are all pickup, drop off, you know, groomed by the barn kind of thing, and it's $2,000 a month. Imagine instead that it's thirty horses that are taken care of by their owners and people who really want to be horse people and it's a thousand dollars a month. do you see what I'm saying I get I just feel like it's um when you offer a service like that that's really not part of the philosophy of horsemanship, then you're you're just you're just sucking up resources and having rich people utilize them instead of making it open to the people who could really use it. Does that make sense?
1: No, I, I agree. And <laughs> no. I think, well, no, 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 I agree because that brings back that whole conversation we had about privilege and the lesson riders right and and money being kind of the the focus and how that wasn't maybe the right barn for them right because you're choosing one of these white glove premium service barns i for me horsemanship is the most important thing and i ride sometimes as part of it right Right. Mm -hmm. um so i'm going to choose a barn that i see when i go sees like that, that they have similar philosophy as me. Meaning that like, oh yeah, you want your horse? I can help you. Or, you know, do you want to go ahead and just grab him out of the paddock, right? Like if I'm not allowed in the paddock, that's going to be a red flag for me. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah. to be involved. I want to do the things. That's how I grew up, not being able to do those things. So I was kind of starving mm-hmm. for that. Um, and, you know, on the other side, because I don't want to just talk about rich people, but there's people I see posting looking for $250 self-care, right or like just dry stall yeah where they would pay for everything themselves right so there's a huge gamut out there and i think when you're looking for a boarding facility you really need to say like what is my budget the location probably will definitely be impacted by that and you know what are my priorities when it yeah. comes to amenities
0: yeah and and i think most people are going to have to decide what they can do without like you were talking about before and stay within their budget. Like, for God's sake, please stay within your budget. You know, yes. there's just way, I see way too many conversations like, well, this is a little out of my budget. Well, then it's not a budget. Um, if your budget is $600 a month and the barn is $750 a month, what is that extra $150 really buying you that you can't possibly live without? And where's it coming from? Are you putting in more hours at your office for that $150? Are you running a side hustle? Are you, you know, writing emails for a healthcare firm like I had to do for a while? Like where is it? <laughs> You're gonna have to find it. You can't just expect it to appear and you can't put an extra grocery bill on your credit card. The money needs to exist. That is why yeah, it's a budget.
1: The horses are gonna suffer if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so many times you're gonna see, well, oh, so and so hasn't paid their board or they're late every month you're going to end up losing your spot and the barn owners are going to kick you out. And then where are you going to be?
0: Not only that, but I don't think a lot of barn owners mess around anymore when it comes to possessing horses. They'll take the horse. Yeah. 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 That's it's, it's too easy now to do. Like it used to be like before social media, I think barn owners kind of lived in vacuums. Like they were on their own and they're like, I don't know what to do. I've got this horse. The owner hasn't paid. Well, now they go on Facebook and 80 different people tell them exactly how to legally possess and sell the horse. So, it's not sitting around eating for free. No.
1: And I think so, for again, going back to like the priorities, I think the relationship with the barn owner or the head trainer is really important. So, please, for the love of God, don't just look online. Make an appointment, tour the barn, go while there's lessons Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see how the trainers behave with people who are paying to be there, like as lesson students, talk to other boarders that are there. If you're going to be there every day, you want to make sure that you're fitting in and it's the right vibe, it's the right energy and the right crowd for you because like you don't want to get dropped in a mean girl situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And go when you mean to be there. If you're going to yes. be there every weeknight at seven o'clock or then you need to be out there on a weeknight at seven o'clock. You need to know everything from the traffic situation to um, to who's there and what the arena looks like. Are you going to have room to ride? Are there six lessons going on? What's going on out there? Is the barn even going to be open or does it close at seven? Yeah. Because right? sometimes that happens too. Are there lights? Are you going to be able to ride in the winter? And this is this is something I think about living in car centric Florida. Uh, are are they suddenly going to like close down the road to build a new interstate, and it's going to take you an extra hour to get there? <laughs> because has that happened to you? I believe it because I, you know, it took me
1: like four hours to get to you from the airport. So, well, I mean,
0: that was like a whole other region of the state, but that's all. <laughs> um, yeah, ro- I've had roads close on me. Whether they're going to pave it for the first time ever, and it's ten miles long, so the paving process is going to take you know, (laughs) a year. (laughs) I've had um, bridges go out Mm, and like flooded out and the bridge has to be replaced. So the road is just closed and there's no way around it because a lot of things here are separated by bodies of water, like lakes and swamps and things, and only one road goes through them. Uh, And if that road is out, then it could mean a detour over over an hour (laughs) to get to the same place every single day. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. And that could be in a a lot of places could be that remote, you know, maybe not in New England, but certainly in the West, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, it depends too, because like up here, you know, if you have to reroute, sometimes you have to go in a really heavily trafficked area or Mm -hmm. you have to go around and it takes just as long to get there. Um, But, you know, I think that matters. And when you're driving there and you're kind of coming down the property, like, Take a look. How are the fences maintained? Is there rust on the buildings? Are there broken windows? I mean, if they don't have money to. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If they don't have money to put into the barn, um, you know, that's a little bit of a concern because I would be. That's actually the reason I left the the, one of the reasons I left the barn I was at initially was uh, the windows were always broken. One time the barn owner was fixing the windows while I was riding. And it came like in at me. So that was super fun. Um, and there was like broken glass all over the arena. Oh my arena. god. Yeah, that was great. Um, and that was just one of the but I I actually looked like there was gonna be like an electrical sh- shortage and a fire at any given moment. Oh, and I was like yes. I'm not so I started becoming very nervous and doing night checks myself. Oh, and then my I was goodness. like, why am I even paying this money for this? Mm-hmm. So I became a neurotic mess. So it it just it wasn't a right fit. And I guess I don't know, Natalie. I think you've moved around a little bit with Barnes. I've moved around a little bit with Barnes, and sometimes you got to be in it to really see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's not the right fit, don't be afraid to leave and go find it. Right? Because eventually you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I have. There. I have one more thing that I no place is going to be ever as good as the one you want to do yourself. Right? So right. you gotta. Give someone a little credit and say, okay, well, this isn't my barn. I can't get everything I want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got to focus on the things I can handle and can manage.
0: Yeah. Now you know why Ben lives at home. Well, that's my goal, too. Yeah. I would love that. I am. I mean, that's not true. I, if I needed to keep him someplace, I I would find someplace. It's not a big deal. Um, For me, it's I don't travel well. <laughs> I hate commutes. So I would never ride if he wasn't outside uh and I guess I don't share well so and I've had to share my horse a lot in the past and so I just feel very possessive like no touch don't touch that's mine (laughs) about my so the fact that you let me
1: touch your horse is like huge
0: well I was getting free body work so that's true you also
1: (laughs) did have to school me on the proper way to hang a halter
0: I just (laughs) thought that that was really appropriate given our last conversation when I said that all halters must hang by there by their yeah
1: I'm still not doing it right According to Natalie, worlds, but you know, I think uh, all these things are really good examples of what you know to take
0: into consideration
1: because there's so many different options out there. Yeah,
0: so we've got a, you know, we've got a decent list. We the the number one thing I think we really need to have work out for us is chemistry with the with the with the barn management so that our equine philosophy is on the same page. You know, so for me, that would be. My horse is always eating. <laughs> he's got <laughs> hay. He's got hay in front of his face all the time or he's out on grass. Um and uh the place is tidy. That's barn philosophy as far as I'm concerned. And um oh and the radio's not playing. I don't want to hear top Z100 nonsense. I don't want to hear any pop music. Shut it down.
1: Uh <laughs> See, so, I don't mind the radio because no, I, mind I might the radio. be dancing in the aisles.
0: <laughs> but- it. Or maybe they're
1: listening to our podcast. I don't know, Natalie. But they have earbuds. I like. I like a lot of turnout. So if the horses are out most of the day or the night, and they just come into their stalls to eat, Mm
0: -hmm. I'm that. That's ideal for me. Absolutely. I would not be able to support it a place that wasn't. We. I feel like um, as horse people, we know better now, right? We know horses should be turned out. We know they should be eating lots of roughage. Those are scientific, indisputable facts. So we should be putting those at the top of our list. You know community withstanding obviously if you live in uh a, a city and you're looking at an urban barn that might be a challenge but that's a whole other story so yes. so you put horse care philosophy first and then um and then budget and commute have to come into it right you have to stick to your budget and you have to know that you can make the commute and uh and then everything that- else is kind of how you balance your amenities and stuff like that but honestly by the time you you go through those three there's probably only one barn in the neighborhood that works for you anyway so your decision's been made and if they don't have an arena (laughs) then you know mark out something with cones and just learn field dressage you'll be a better rider for it (laughs) actually
1: that actually teaches your horse to pay more attention to its feet anyway Mm -hmm. um I don't know I think yeah I think that's that's all really good stuff I think Everybody's going to look for something a little bit different because everyone's priority is a little bit different. But I think those are the big ones that really should go into everything. Um, and I can't wait. Well, it'll be fun when we when we post the, the Red Flags episode um, <laughs> based on true events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nightmares nightmares on barn street oh cute oh Oh. that's what we're gonna call it
1: okay um okay so natalie
0: episode
1: well i'm happy for you always because you're funnier at it than i am damn i feel like a horse girl that was good (laughs) and that was one of our more popular episodes so look at you um so adulting wins of the week natalie i think i already know what you're gonna say about yours
0: I had a magical weekend with Heather. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. I thought
1: you were going to say you got a haircut, but mine, that's much better.
0: I mean, when you talk about adulting, a haircut is the most mundane, depressing adult thing you can do with your time. Might as well have gone, like, I don't know, got my teeth polished or something at the same time. <laughs> Certainly not clean you because that's important. But, you know, polish like. A little, uh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I bought that no shirt. LEDs. I wanted I bought that shirt I wanted for half off, remember? All I had to do was the citrus wait. shirt. Yeah. I just had to wait eight months and it went to half off. I will always get my man if I just wait it out. I will get my clearance.
1: <laughs> you know, Alyssa actually did say it. Like, I wonder if she'll buy anything. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, maybe there's a sale. And you did buy something.
0: Yeah. I bought
1: exactly I was what I actually, I was really good because I only bought one thing. What and that was buy? my, I bought the sun shirt, but it was like my brand colors, that like oh, fuchsia pink. Right, I remember. Forgot. I was, was we right were there taking next a pee break. Yes, yeah, we were, t- we were headed to the bathroom. We like stopped at a shop, and mm-hmm. I passed all the really good things, and I only got that one thing. Yeah, so it, I I exhibited self control.
0: So you did not buy a Harry Potter wand at Universal.
1: We're not talking about that.
0: Oh. That's not that's not oh. the conversation we're talking about. I bought loads <laughs> of stuff at our Universal Studios. Oh, boy. God, why do you know me so well? <laughs> I was just waiting to talk about it. I just thought we were going to cover wizard stuff.
1: <laughs> I did buy a wand. I did walk around waving it in Orlando uh, at Universal. I went on every single ride with my awesome Express Pass. Yeah, I'm really glad. <laughs> and uh, – the Harry Potter's Forbidden Journey is my all-time favorite ride so far. I went on it twice. You know, oh, excellent. It was really I've never great. been to Universal so, Orlando, but I know a lot about it. Yeah, well. I can, like, plan it was a lot of fun. there, but I've never been. <laughs> well, I'll take you maybe next time I come visit. No, nah, um. I don't want
0: to go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to Epcot and get drunk. <laughs> don't Better yet, time. see, for me, I'll take you to a hotel next to Epcot and take you to the coolest bar ever and get you drunk there. Don't even have to go in a theme park. I know my way around Orlando. (laughs) Done. We'll have to do
1: that next time. Although I really didn't want to have to fly into Orlando again. (laughs) No, 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 no. It would have to be
0: a day trip. Oh, then we wouldn't be able to get drunk. We'd have to spend the night. We'd have to go to Orlando for a conference.
1: Yeah. Actually, this is funny. Wait. So flying back was actually – pretty perfect it mm. was not a problem at all i met a jersey girl in the airport who worked there really someone from, from new jersey
0: in orlando
1: yeah that's like, i know hard to imagine. Shush. Shush, shush, shush. so she and her name was gianna was like okay you're definitely from new jersey and um then i got on the plane and the flight attendant was helping me get my bag up above she wanted to do it okay i didn't make her do it and then she goes you might need to help me this is quite heavy and I (laughs) said, oh sorry it's full of books which it wasn't because i sold half of them but it was full of like tchotchkes that i got at universal oh my god and she goes oh what kind of books are you an author i said yes and so later on she was like are you here for the romance conference oh yeah there was a romance con we should go to that sometime and meet like all the
0: fabio type characters it'd be hilarious well, I think it's generally, it's one of those things where uh, authors buy tables and the, I don't know if they have like characters. I think it's, you show up with all your books and, and people just like roam around buying books. Like romance oh, fans cool. will buy like 100 books at a time. So we should do that. But when we have our well, our Our, our cl- different collections of books, yeah. Exactly. Because I, I, I have thought about doing one. It's, they seem pretty fun. <laughs>
1: Thank you for being a little weird with us, Horse Girl. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your player of choice. Follow us on Instagram at Adulting with Horses Podcast, or even better, join our Adulting with Horses Clubhouse on Facebook, where you can become part of the show. Also, it's a great place to meet other Horse Crazy Women. you know my